Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to LettermanRow.com. I am Jeremy Birmingham. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Buyers Automotive. Today, myself and Zach Carpenter are going to break down all of the things that are worth talking about as Ohio State heads into the 2021 early signing period for the class of 2022. I know that's confusing, but hey, that's where we're here to keep things cleared up for you. Uh, let's get Zach on the show and we will just start diving in. Zach is joining us. Zach, welcome to Talking Stuff. Ha ha ha. It's getting to be panic time around Columbus, around college football. National signing period is here. I think it's important, Zach, that you and I are the people who spearhead this uh, mission to stop people from calling it National Signing Day because it's not one day. It's three days. If people want it to be three days, it's an early signing period, not an early signing day. I've been on this train for the last two years. I didn't even know you're going to start with that, but thank you. Yeah. It's national. It's the early signing period. National signing day is February 2nd. Correct. So call it the regular period, even though there's nothing really regular about it since everybody and their mother signs yeah. in December anyway, but for yeah. semantics argument. Yes. So we, we're on the same page for those of you out there listening, please help us get on board, change the, you know, the, the wording around, because this is important stuff. Change.org, uh, change early signing period, not early signing day. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll real see you stuff. next time. Uh, real, no, real stuff. Uh, let's talk real stuff here, Zach, because Buyers Automotive is uh, interested in sponsoring this content, and we need to provide something of value. And that means we're going to talk first and foremost about the University of Texas and the efforts on their part to sway not just 
uh, a former Ohio State quarterback to the Longhorns uh, again, but also the work that they're doing in trying to flip not one, but probably two Ohio State commits. And the interesting thing, and this is the third purely speculative portion, would be I wonder if there's any renewed interest or possibilities of Omari Abor at Texas now that Queen Ewers is there and they're feeling themselves a little bit. But let's start with the first one and the biggest one, Ohio State commitment Terrence Brooks, who you know, his commitment and his recruitment, Zach, has been so interesting. And I think that people are going to look at it and go, why, you know, how can they possibly hold off Texas here? And I think it comes down to one thing. Does Kerry Combs tell Terrence Brooks he's returning to Ohio State? Because if he does, I think Terrence Brooks signs with the Buckeyes. If he doesn't, and if it's not something where Terrence Brooks feels 100% confident that, that Kerry Combs is returning, I wouldn't be surprised if on Wednesday he signed with Texas instead of Ohio State. And I don't blame him. I mean, Terrence Brooks's recruitment, like you kind of hit on there, it was very quick. I think they offered him and he was committed within how I, I, the time frame was very short. I can't remember the exact uh, timeline of uh, when he got the offer and then he committed. Two weeks. I mean, if you yeah. if do, full, full math here, he got offered, I think it was June 7th, took an official visit on the weekend of June 14th and committed on June 28th. So, uh, and has not been back to Ohio State since, has did not make a game day visit to Columbus like everyone else in the class did and some multiple times. Because Terrence was just focused on trying to win, win a state championship down in Texas. The relationship's not bad. It's not like he didn't like Ohio State or want to get there, but it was just not the priority because this is not a kid that's interested in the recruiting game, which is why I think this is interesting. Yeah, and with, with uh, what I was going to say, with Kerry Combs, he has, he's been the guy pounding the, pay, the pavement and building best relationships with Jair Brown, Ryan Turner, Terrence Brooks. I mean, if there's instability or if there's question marks, I should say, about whether he's returning, then I don't I don't know why a recruit in the 25th hour wouldn't look around. You know, it's his home school or his home state school. Um, and there's new there's new happenings right now at Ohio State with Jim Knowles coming as defensive coordinator. You don't know how necessary. Maybe you don't know necessarily how you fit into that system. I'm sure Texas is pushing that like there's mystery abounding going on over there. And I'm I know that we talked about Elias Riggs for like 14 hours last week and yeah. didn't have anything to do with the corner, uh, the cornerback commits, not losing any of those guys, but imagine Ohio state, not bringing in Elias Riggs and then losing Terrence Brooks, their five-star or almost five-star cornerback in the class. I mean, you, you feel better about it because in 21, you brought in Jacqueline Johnson, you brought in Jordan Hancock, you got Andre Turrentine, who's a little bit different of a player than Terrence Brooks. Um, and then you have Denzel Burke, who immediately came on first on the season star. So, but with all that being said, Terrence Brooks has potential first round capability for down yep. the road. So, lose it if you lose him in the class, you're losing again. You're losing a huge part of a defensive class that the 21 class was so built on offense, and the 22 has been built on defense, and they need that to bring in that extra talent. Yeah, and the reality is that the Jim Knowles thing is one piece. Kerry Combs has the obvious and quick rebuttal. He's developed first-round draft picks under Everett Withers. He developed them with Chris Ash. He developed them with Greg with Greg Schiano. Like that's Kerry Combs. If he's t coaching the cornerbacks and coaching the secondary for Ohio State, uh, whether that's as a co co uh, defensive coordinator or just as a secondary coach, however it works out, Ohio State has fully committed to Kerry Combs. They want him to return. There is no doubt that the Buckeyes want Kerry Combs back. 
uh, next season. And, and that, you know, it may be something people out there are like, Oh, why would they do that? I mean, which is silly. He's one of the best recruiters and developers of cornerbacks in the history of, of college football in the last 15 years, especially Ohio state wants him to return. It's all going to be about whether or not coach Combs wants to return. And he's telling kids right now, that, you know, he's out there recruiting his butt off for Ohio state. And they, they know that he's not going anywhere. The question is, how easy is it for Texas, in this case, Texas, and other cases, I'm sure every school in the country talking to any Ohio State target at corner is saying the same things. Do the kids have a good enough relationship with Combs to trust his word over someone that they don't really know? I would assume so. He's one. He's shown himself to be one of the best relationship builders in Ohio State assistant coach history, I guess. Um, and it's always been impressive to me how he's been able to do do this from usually from afar and then going into see guys like aj harris you see how much love there is uh between the two sides there i after the oregon game i was pretty much convinced that Kerry combs would not be coming back it just looked like the writing was on the wall after the demotion and after matt yeah. Thompson, play calling and as time went on especially over the last couple of weeks two three weeks of the regular season i started getting more confidence that he would come back. I know after his press conference where he gave his uh, impassioned speech about battling adversity and um, kind of fighting through things and telling the, telling his players that I was like kind of on the fence. I'm like, he kept saying this year, I'm going to keep fighting this year. He never, which was smart of him to not uh, make any uh, bold proclamations about going into the future. I'm curious from your perspective, did it start were you, were you the same school of thought that it felt like at first there was no way and then started getting more confidence or what were you, where were you on the whole thing? My, my perspective on Kerry Combs is this, this is a, a man that loves Ohio, loves Ohio state, loves being a coach, loves being close to his family in the state of Ohio. Uh, it is, and you know, he's got all of his grandchildren, his, his children are close by. I don't think Kerry Combs wants to go anywhere. Uh, I think at that time, probably the feeling was maybe I have to. Uh, but sources that I've talked to over the last handful of weeks, the indication from everyone that I talked to is that Ohio State has made it very clear to Kerry Combs they want him to return. He has a spot there as long as he wants it. And that's not a surprise to me. As, as I said, I mean, his, his ability as a, a developer of cornerbacks, his ability as a recruiter, his ability to be an ambassador for a program that he loves is unlike most guys. Uh, that have come through that program in the last decade. And uh, I, I think like anyone would have been, his ego probably was a little bit shaken up at that time because, and I mean, we're going to go into the weeds here, I guess, because this is what we do. We start to ramble about one thing and talk about everything else. But We? Yeah, because I, I, we, I, people, people got to understand, we don't plan this out. Um, Gary Combs for a decade has been celebrated and adulated by Ohio State fans at every possible turn, okay? I mean, if you look at Twitter before September or before the Alabama game of last year, if you look at what Twitter was and how people on social media talked about Kerry Combs and to him whenever he'd tweet something, it was pure love and just over the top. We love everything about Kerry Combs. And in the last year – when I When I – used to write about Kerry Combs and Brian Hartline doing something recruiting for 11 Warriors where I worked last time. I mean, the analytics through the roof. Anytime I wrote about Kerry Combs, it was just skyrocketing. 
because of because of his popularity here. So just to double down on your point. Yeah, and I think that that is something that affected him in a way when all of a sudden the really negative side of the Ohio State fan base and social media reared its head. And I I, I can't say that I wouldn't have been the same way. The, guy, the things that people say on social media, and I, I understand it's an anonymous space in a lot of ways and people use it as a safe haven to be complete jerks, but like there's a lot of really nasty and negative stuff. And that's not even just, that's not saying there's stuff that people who are like, Oh, fire combs. Like that's not even nasty. You know, that's just whatever that's. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders, no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Fans who get a little bit over the top. But there are people who get way over the top on social media. And I think that it's unfortunate because you can almost see what happened in September and October was that some of the joy of coaching at Ohio State seemed to be lost on Kerry Combs for a minute. Uh, But I think that what's happened in the last couple weeks, month and a half or so, is that the other guys that work at Ohio State, and again, I'm speaking just from talking to different sources, but they respect and and treasure what Kerry Combs brings to that program a, a lot. And there are a number of recruits out there, Terrence Brooks is who we're talking about, but he's not the only one, who are not going to go somewhere else if Kerry Combs is at Ohio State, period. And that speaks to who he is as a developer of relationships, a developer of, of talent. And so I think Ohio State wants him to stay. I think that ultimately he wants to stay. Uh, and I don't think, and this, this is, I guess, the long roundabout way to get there. If Kerry Combs didn't believe he was returning to Ohio State next year and beyond, I don't think he would tell kids that he was. Yeah, and th- – I guess his situation is very different from uh, uh, other coaches on this staff who maybe it's out of their control about whether or not they. Um, yeah. And we don't need to speculate on that, but I, I can say. Yeah, no, very, that's what yeah. I'm saying. And Kerry is, it, it's up to him. If he wants to stay on as corners coach, they're going to let him do that because he's probably the best, right. at least to be safe, arguably the best cornerbacks uh, coach in the past decade or whatever in college football. And you've seen that um, you've seen that bear through and he has plenty of stuff to brag about and, uh, or uh, um, talent they put into the first round of the NFL draft that he can boast. Like I developed that person. So there is, there's plenty to, to, uh, to look at there when it's in his, it seems like it's in his control uh, whether or not he wants to come back. But if he does, he's likely I want to transition into a guy that I uh, really wanted to talk about here in Zion Branch, who wanted to touch on for like a minute max. Um, sure. If Kerry does come back, I know Zion's at safety, but if he wound up being a second uh, corners and safeties coach, complete secondary coach, he probably won't be uh, coaching Zion Branch because he announced tonight that he has an official top three. He's going to be committing and signing. Uh, he's going to be announcing his. Uh, commitment on Wednesday and it's coming off an official visit to USC berm. And I think the writing has been on the wall, like for weeks now, we keep, we keep hammering at home. Um, but I wanted to let you sound off on 
one of Ohio State's top three or four priorities left in this class that they're probably not going to get. Yeah, I mean, we we knew this, uh, I think, two and a half weeks ago when, when the Lincoln Riley hire at USC was announced. It was sort of the the bell, the alert, you know, for, for Zion Branch and maybe for Zachariah down the road. But um, for Zion, we, we've long believed that the, the family's desire was to stay on the West Coast, and they just simply couldn't truly consider that when the Trojans didn't have a head coach. And so once they had one, and it turns out to be a guy that everyone, you know, is pretty fond of in Lincoln Riley and a guy that's successful, it, it, it was sort of made it a no-brainer. Dante uh, uh, Williams is, is yeah. staying on the staff at USC in some capacity. I don't know exactly what role. Uh, and the fact that if that happens, I mean, that was sort of the guy. And you can almost see that Lincoln Riley was like, okay, I have to make a concession here to make sure that these guys, uh, you know, get what they want. And, and that's recruiting in 2021 now. I mean, it, these kids are following coaches in most cases. But in this instance, this is one of those rare moments where these kids – especially Zion and their family seem to be really wanting to go to USC from the start. And Ohio state became a real threat here because they provided stability that USC didn't have and turned it on its head now two days before signing day. And it's Ohio state with the instability because you don't know what's going to happen to Matt Barnes, who was the guy recruiting uh, Zion branch the whole time. You don't know what's going to happen with Kerry Combs, even though we believe, and I believe firmly he's going to return to Ohio state. I don't think that that's as likely with Matt Barnes at this point because I'm not sure how – I'm not saying anyone is definitively leaving on the defensive side of the staff as I talked about on Letterman Live on Monday, but uh, someone eventually is going to have to make some moves, and I think Matt Barnes has given himself enough of a, uh, a head start to say, hey, I, I can be a defensive coordinator somewhere, and I think he probably will take that opportunity wherever he goes. Essentially, I mean, yeah. he showed what he can do. He showed his defensive – uh, the football nerd, the, whatever he called himself, his defensive mind, which we kind of been talking about behind the scenes a lot up until this season, and he proved it. So I think he does have those opportunities. And it, But if he did stick around, Matt Barnes wouldn't be coaching Zion Branch. He wouldn't, most likely. And he would not be coaching Xavier Wampley either because between last time we recorded and in and, uh, and this episode, Xavier Wampa picked Iowa. So mm-hmm. there are two – when we did the list with Andrew, like, so two months ago, I think both of them were in me and his top three. I can't remember if he was on yours. Um, but so they're losing out on two of their top three defensive targets. And I remember Berm, I remember covering like midway through this 2022 cycle. It seemed like this 22 class was going to compete against the 21 class for who had the highest rating and who had, yeah. had the highest average rating and who had the highest team total, all that. Like I remember talking to Travion Henderson. He's like, yeah, they're about to like I'm helping out 2022 recruiting too. And they're like, I mean, they're they're building something over there. So you lose it, it feels I, I want to say this before I say the next thing. Ohio State is going to be fine overall. They're going to bring in awesome talent and high four stars and five stars every year. They're they might hit the transfer portal um to bring in more talent. So they're going to be fine. But I can't help but feel like with the momentum they had for a lot of their uh, their high profile targets, and now they're not going to get a lot of those guys. It does feel a little disappointing, no? Yeah, but this is what happens if you don't take care of business on the field. I mean, there's a reason that Alabama and Ohio State and, and Clemson have been the recruiting, you know, uh, top of the mountain. It's because they win the most games on the field. Period. And, and so now you you lose games. 
Uh, there's uncertainty around your coaching staff and, and who's going to return and who's not. And it becomes a much harder uh, sell, even if you have 100 years of history to back it up. Ohio State, you know, the interesting thing, especially about Branch and Wampa, is that for the last six months, Ohio State has known they didn't need a safety in this class of 2022 beyond Kai Stokes, who they really, really like. And I'm not trying to paint that with, you know, scarlet and gray covered glasses. That's a, it's the truth. Ohio State but really, really. been that for a while. Yeah, they like Kai Stokes a lot. But they also have repeatedly informed people who are close to them. This, they don't lose a single safety from their room. Now, when the season started, they thought they were going to lose Josh Proctor for next year. But then Proctor is going to return after hurting himself in, in the second game of the year. So now you lose not a single safety from your room. And you add Kai Stokes to it. And you add Sonny Styles to it. So th- there's no panic at Ohio State when it comes to that position. Um, yeah, they would have loved to have Xavier Wampa. They would have loved to have Zion Branch and, and by proxy, probably then Zachariah Branch, who I expect will follow in Zion's footsteps to USC. And um, there is no one more devastated that you're ever going to meet or talk to than Zach Carpenter, that Zachariah Branch is like. Yeah, uh, he seems like you're, he's like your Christian Kirk, um, <laughs> you know, but Ohio State has other big targets and they have other things they have to finish uh, before Wednesday. And that means. Everyone who's committed right now needs to sign on Wednesday. That's priority one. I mean, that's you go into signing day. The one thing you can't have, if you're talking about momentum or the loss of momentum, is losing guys that you think are signing. So that's why Terrence Brooks right now is priority one. Uh, Caleb Burton, who's you know always been linked to Quinn Ewers, I don't think there's any reason to be concerned. The relationship with Brian Hartline is too good. He's been to Ohio State too many times. The chance at playing early, the development piece, all that stuff at Ohio State is too much even for the relationship that Caleb Burton has with Quinn Ewers to overtake. So I don't think there's any real concern there. Um, other than that, it's, it's about how do you re- finish this class? How do you add it? How do you add to it? Tuesday afternoon, Caden Curry makes his college football decision. Caden Curry is unequivocally, and we've talked about it a hundred times here, the top defensive target for Ohio State in the class of 2022 especially even now with Sonny Styles reclassifying into that class and C.J. Hicks. With those guys in the mix, Caden Curry is absolutely the guy that has been the most important for Ohio State in that position for the last 18 months. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Alabama did not even go make an at-home visit with him, which we didn't, you know, we last time we had talking stuff, we, pl- we thought he was going to see Nick Saban in his home at the end of last week. That didn't happen. Alabama said it's not, whatever reason they backed off, they said it's not worth their trip, whether it's because they don't have room for him, because they have, a lot of other things that are falling Alabama's way or because they didn't think that they were going to be able to surpass Ohio State. Either way, Zach Caden Curry is priority one for Ohio State uh, to add to this class before Wednesday. Right. And so when I say the word disappointing, that's a bigger picture look, a deeper, like a all-encompassing look at the class from where it felt like it was trending toward like mm-hmm. six, seven months ago. But getting Caden Curry definitely helps uh, ease some of those pains because you're getting your top target, like you said. And 
it's funny that we keep talking, like we keep saying, yeah, we've mentioned him a hundred times because I feel like in most past classes, we don't, the, the guys are already committed well in advance. And this is just one of those one-off cycles, I think, because of things that we talked about uh, COVID year and uh, that 15, 16 month long dead period. Caden, um, I, I think it's funny when it, when it comes to Ohio State versus Alabama, those are the two that I have felt are his final two, top two for pretty much since he made that official visit to Alabama for the LSU game in the first week of November. And the writing was on the wall that Oregon and Clemson were pretty much out of it. I know he has them listed in his top five, um, but the writing was on the wall that they weren't going to be factoring in because he hadn't visited there since yeah. some uh, Indiana, I think maybe if they would have had a more successful season um, and showed more progress, maybe they would have factored in. But I think that the writing is on the wall then too in this one. If Alabama didn't want to make the attempt to come up for an in-home visit, I mean, I think that says plenty without saying it that they probably believe that they're out of it too. I know they were uh, they were going into homes of a bunch of other defensive targets, a couple other defensive line targets that they're trying to bring into the class still. And they didn't make the effort to come up to Indianapolis to see him. So it's spelling for me. I've had my on three prediction in there since I think September or October I've had in there with pretty high confidence level. And I don't, I wouldn't feel, I don't, I I would put it a stronger confidence percentage on that now. Um, And Ohio State, Ohio State is getting, pretty much uh, as an in-state target because he's three hours away. And and we know that Ohio State is is hoping for a a win there. Alabama didn't make the trip up for Caden Curry, and and that sort of, I think, writes the story. But Ohio State did make the trip down south to Atlanta to see Christian Miller last week, and that in itself was a bit of a surprise. And so we're going to ask Chad Simmons, who is uh, the On3 Sports National Recruiting Director, about Christian Miller because – it does seem like all of a sudden in the last week, there's been this swell of potential momentum for Ohio State. And, and Chad, thanks for joining us. But what do you think are the real odds here for Ohio State to pull off an upset for Christian Miller on Wednesday? Uh, I don't know if I'll put a number on it, but I, I would say probably higher than people have thought or have been talking about for the last, you know, three, four or five months. You know, I think obviously he spent time there over the summer. Um, multiple days. He connected really well with the coaching staff in Columbus, with Larry Johnson, Ryan Day, uh, other staff members. And Ohio State has quietly gone about its business, recruited him extremely hard, stayed in communication. And uh, there's a chance that pays off now, uh, maybe quietly Wednesday, but publicly at the All-American Bowl. You know, I think this is one of those situations where you look at the relationships, and we talk about it all the time in recruiting, Chad, that comfort and relationships are what matters the most. And it's not just Larry Johnson. It's Antoine Jackson. It's the relationship that Christian Miller has developed with Ryan Day. How do you see the relationship? Obviously, Georgia is his longtime favorite. It's where he grew up. He's got all his buddies going there, Michael Williams, all these other guys. Do you think that that relationship with Larry Johnson from your time talking to him, I mean, he calls Larry Johnson the goat, Snoop Dogg, calls him all this other stuff. like. Does it matter? Is that enough to to pull off an upset? Because it seems it seems crazy, but Christian is such a unique personality that it's hard to read. He is unique. You know, I think he's a kid that's going to make 
the school, the football program, wherever he goes, just better because of the personality and who he is. I mean, he wants to be him. And I do think the the relationship and the connections, like you said, with Antoine Jackson, obviously connected with the staff as well. But I think there's more to it based on, you know, what I'm hearing here about just when it comes down to it, just the production Ohio State and Larry Johnson had on the defensive line. I think that there's questions about that, whether it was that, is early favorite USC, their production there, whether it's even Georgia. Georgia right now has good defensive linemen, but in the past they have not had a lot of success putting guys in the NFL. I think he looks at that as a big plus as well with Ohio State. And you mentioned, you know, like Michael Williams going at one of his buddies. I mean, he's got two teammates committed to Georgia. He's got two Georgia guys playing right now for Georgia that played at Cedar Grove. So there's a lot of connections to Georgia. And like you said, I think you put it perfectly. It, it would be an upset for Ohio State to, you know, take the place of Georgia at the top and get him in the end. But I think it comes down to simply where he thinks he can do the best for himself as a football player and go the furthest as a football player development wise. And I think, like you said, the GOAT, the legend, Snoop Dogg, all that Larry Johnson plays a huge role in this if Ohio State gets um I don't forgot who we're talking about now. Christian, <laughs> me so many heads. My name's going through my head right now. Yeah, <clears throat> Chad, Chad, I know you're doing a ton of work. I'm going to ask one last thing and let you get back to it. But with Christian, Ohio State, Haskell Garrett's uh, leaving Ohio State. Uh, Antoine Jackson leaving Ohio State. Uh, uh, Teron Vincent could potentially graduate or transfer. There's uh, an opening at defensive tackle at Ohio State. How important in your conversations with Christian has that early opportunity to play been? Yeah, not that important, honestly. I mean, with him, I think he's just trying to find the perfect fit and the right place for potential and development. I don't think it's so much about him having to see the, the best opening or the most spots up for grabs, per se. I think you know, he's not scared to go compete. I mean, he could have transferred high school to a better place to be better as a freshman somewhere. But I don't think he looks at it like that as much. I mean, I think it definitely comes up and, and people look at that and, and maybe where they have the best path. But I don't think that'll play a lot into his final decision. I think it's more about long term and, and the future more than his, you know, initially right away as a freshman. Well, we're going to find out uh, not on Wednesday because Christian's plan is to sign on Wednesday and make his announcement on January 8th at the uh, All-American game in San Antonio. And uh, Chad Simmons will be there, I'm sure. I'm sure I'll see you there, Chad. Thank you for taking time to pop in. Good luck uh, with the rest of your work up until Wednesday. I know that uh, you'll be crushing it for On3 National, and uh, we appreciate you joining us. Anytime, Bern. Thank you. Thank you. See ya. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now think about other guys for Wednesday, right? There is Hero Canoe, who's in a similar position to Christian Miller, who is going to sign on Wednesday but doesn't want to announce until January 8th. I think we're both in agreement that at this point, Hero Canoe will likely sign with Ohio State. And then to bring it all the way back to the top, there's Texas and Omari Abor. And I just wonder, because similar, and I could be completely off base, I could be reading it wrong, Omari has been a difficult guy to, to get a good read on. 
I feel like as much as I thought that Zion Branch was always looking for a reason to stay out west, I sometimes feel like Omari Abor is looking for a reason to stay closer to home in Texas. And I wonder if Texas has the ability or the desire to make a push in these next couple of days to keep him home. Um, I know that Quinn Ewers, he, he, the scuttlebutt is that he's going to try to bring as many uh, top level recruits, especially in the 22 class with him to Texas. And I know for a fact that Amari Abor is one of the guys that he has been really pushing for. Um, Amari, like you said, it's hard to get a read on when he plans to sign. And I know that he plans to announce his commitment on January 2nd at the Under Armour game. Yeah. And I thought that the original plan from what I, what I've been hearing was he was going to wait till February to sign. He would commit on January 2nd and then sign on February 2nd. And now there's conflicting information that we're both getting that maybe he'll sign on Wednesday. And I'm wondering if maybe there is originally, he wanted to wait and see about Ohio state's coaching staff and, um, some of the situations there. And now it feels like te- it, things have maybe, maybe opened up a little bit uh, for Texas to sneak back in there, but I still feel pretty confident that Larry Johnson, and Ohio state are going to get the job done. here. Yeah. And I'm going to say that I don't know that the, the potential hesitation is about Ohio state's coaching staff. I think he's just looking at who does Texas A&M actually sign on Wednesday? Who does Alabama do they come back around? And that's what I'm saying. I, I feel like there's a, a desire on his part to stay closer to home, which I understand most kids want to stay somewhere closer to home if they can. Um, Omari told me directly last week that he was intending to commit on January 2nd and sign in February. I haven't been told that he is definitely signing on Wednesday, but it is something to watch for uh, either way. You know, and these are the situations where Ohio State um, is going to receive a letter of intent but not publicize it, so everyone's still going to be in the dark about what happens there uh, anyway. So um, I guess we're going to keep watching that. There's a lot more stuff we could talk about, um, but we'll save some of that for after signing day as we break down Ohio State options in the transfer portal uh, and more because the Buckeyes are only going to sign probably 21 or 22 guys uh, in the class. And Carson Hinsman, we didn't talk about. Who knows? We're still waiting. It, it could be Ohio State or Wisconsin any day, and it could go all the way to February for him too. And the late breaking news as we're recording here, Miles Frazier, the uh, Florida Air National redshirt freshman, all American offense tackle, all world guy. Uh, he has Ohio State in a final three of LSU, uh, Florida State, and Ohio State. I don't know if you've heard anything about timeline of a decision for him to make a decision on transferring, but that was uh, that did come in here as we're recording. So they maybe they add an offensive tackle in the technically the 2022 recruiting class after all another offensive tackle i guess i should say yeah there hasn't been a decision and it's interesting just with transfers because they don't have to sign a, a letter of intent but so they can just arrive at a school whenever they make up their mind uh he has not visited ohio state and even though the transfers are not bound by the same letter of intent rules they are bound by the same rules when it comes to contact periods and dead periods and that kind of stuff. So he can't visit Ohio State in an official capacity or even in an unofficial way where he meets with coaches until at least January 14th. So if he's going to choose Ohio State over Florida State and LSU, his other two finalists, I would suspect it won't be until uh, January. But 
there are waivers and stuff that people can apply for and get to, to sign or to make visits. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Ohio State can work that out. I mean, here it is. It's Monday, December 13th, 9 o'clock almost at night when we're recording this. The Buckeyes are basically done on campus at the end of this week. Kids go home for Christmas, then they fly to California. So there's not going to be a lot of room. So the question is, after like January 3rd or something, is are they able to find a way to get him in for a visit uh, with some sort of NCAA waiver? Who knows? Um, there's a lot more uh, intrigue there uh, as the Buckeyes try to figure out exactly who's going to be on the offensive line next year because we expect Thayer Munford, obviously, to go pro. Nick Petit-Frere, uh, I expect to go pro. Uh, Dewan Jones, there's still scuttlebutt that he could look into leaving early. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, things, moving parts there. but. Zach, we were we were really we were aiming folks for a 25 minute show for this episode of Talking Stuff brought to you by Buyers Auto. And we just talk way too much stuff. So I'm sorry. I can't help myself. All right. Sorry, folks. We are we we are ramblers. We are ramblers. But uh, we're doing the best we can to keep you updated on all things Ohio State football recruiting stuff. And uh, stay with us for the next two days, especially uh, as we head into the early signing period. Wednesday, Ohio State uh, head coach Ryan Day will meet with the media. I think we're looking at about noon on Wednesday. Uh, Hopefully at that point, everyone that Ohio State is going to announce as a signee uh, will have submitted their letter of intent so that we can talk about each of them with Ryan Day and maybe Mark Pantone and whoever else uh, heads up to the podium there at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. So uh, stay with us at LettermanRow.com all the time for Ohio State football, basketball, recruiting stuff, whatever. Um, And then join us here on YouTube, everywhere else on 3.com is our network. It is still, I think, 99 cents a month or something to join us uh, at Letterman Row and talk about this stuff with us in our forums and all that. We appreciate you being here. Thanks for watching. Talk to you next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 